we should just get started since this is gonna this might take a little bit. It's a long yes, let's do it. Movie. Okay, hello and welcome to Hold My Popcorn. I'm Max Healy in Asheville, and over in Boston, we got Tim again. How was your Thanksgiving, Timmy? Uh, it was good, Max. You know, I was in charge of the food, which means that um, I got to make it good, meaning I used lots of salt and fat and other unhealthy things that make food taste good. So that's good. Um, I'm paying the price for it now. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be constipated for the next, you know, like two months. So, but you know, all in all, pretty good. Tim going on the Paula Dean recipe with just less racism. Yeah, slightly re- less. A little bit less. <laughs> burn my aunt, burn my arm, and then it just got full blown Paulatine. But you know. yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and over in Sacktown, California, we got John Anoshack. How was your beer and turkey, John? Oh, fuck a turkey! But I'll tell you what, it hit like fifty here the other day. So I got my flannel sheets, I got my flannel duvet, I got my <laughs> flannel pants, and my flannel fuck shirt. So I make this shit look good and feel even better. How are you? <laughs> I picked the wrong week to do a three-hour movie. That's how I am. Yeah, fuck you. I feel like I've been waiting a month to fucking talk about this thing to the point to now where I hate it. (laughs) So, so when you say flannel fuck shirts, you fucking that flannel shirt. Is that what I'm hearing, John? Yeah, I definitely can. I definitely nice. can. Uh, yeah, it's got, uh, I've, 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 I ripped out the, uh, the armpit section. So it vents too nicely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I like that. You have to send me the prototype for that. I will. I will. Um, it'll, it'll be, it'll be, uh, lightly used. That's okay. <laughs> you sure? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I don't want to, you know. I, low waste is all my uh, motto, John. I want to smell okay. your musk too. All right, all right. I got some good mountain sage for you. Fantastic. Great. Well, you know the the good thing is here. So we're we're doing this episode a week late. Um, you know the benefit is that I was able to watch this for like ten straight days. Another benefit is that we get to do like two less Christmas movies this month because we watched 1995's Heat, directed by Michael Mann. All I can say is that the number of bullets fired in this movie Ooh. is a relic of the past. You know, you don't see this type of movie anymore where this is guns have unlimited clips. Bullets obviously cost less than a penny because they just fire ten thousand bullets in a minute. I love it. I don't think that this many bullets exist in the United States anymore. Um, and also coupled with the fact that this movie is literally Grand Theft Auto, like the the more recent one, just in movie format with just as much cocaine, if not more, excuse me, implied cocaine. I mean, yeah. Grand Theft Auto 5, that one character is De Niro, like the gray suited guy. It's yeah. That's, that's him. I really wish that the um, that Wayne Grow. I'll be bitching about his name the entire uh, series that we talk about this, but it, it, I wish that he was a Nazi Canadian. That would have made it so much better. Spoiler alert: He has a swastika tattooed onto his chest because why not? Not a Canadian though. That's, exactly. That's, that's some prison tats though. You can tell. Mm. Aryan Brotherhood. You you've been in the Slammer. Mm-hmm. Seen enough movies huh. in the Slammer. So. Like I mentioned too, like I've been watching this movie on and off for the past week or so, but have you guys ever seen this movie just like in one sitting? Oh yeah, I did it when I watched it. Yeah, like what is that, a month ago now, Tim? <laughs> yeah, I, gonna, I might be a little hazy on the details because I did yeah. watch it at least a week ago. Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> same, same. So I, I did that last year for my 30th birthday. Um, my wife, Nikki, she had said like, Max, you turned 30 because I love you so much. I'm willing to just do whatever you want. And I mean anything. 
So like, what would you like to do on this beautiful pre-COVID day? And I said, I want you to sit down and watch all of Michael Mann's heat with me. So, so your, your wife, the lovely Nikki offered up anything, anything to you. Anything. And I said, and your mind said heat, heat. I want you to sit down and watch this whole movie with me. Not even like, uh, you know, a Stoss helm, a fucking ferret and sparklers, like, you know, nothing with those combinations, like even included. I bet you you could have gotten creative. Like we could watch this while dot, dot, dot. No, just De Niro, huh. Pacino, cop, robber. Nikki was probably like, Max, you haven't really divined the intent of when I said anything. And you're like, <laughs> don't care. He. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, Nikki starts looking into doing gene therapy on their children. <laughs> We're going to need to take a little of you out of them, just to be be honest here. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, should we just get into it? I got a bunch of stuff about it prior, but we can just get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. So, I mean, there's a lot to unwrap in this movie. It's a three-hour Greatest! movie. <laughs> um. So I'll probably just, you know, glaze over five or ten minutes of the movie here and there. But let's get it started. So movie opens up with the bad guys suiting up montage with De Niro dressed as an EMT stealing an ambulance while Val Kilmer buys a bunch of explosives from the lawyer in Jurassic Park. Was he the lawyer in Jurassic Park? Yeah, yeah. he was. Gennaro. No kidding. Yeah. No shit, dude. That's hilarious. Yeah. And he's he an plays- underground explosive dealer. I think no, he's not even like an explosive dealer. He's just at like a, just at some like a explosive store. And he's got you know the whole killer's got the fake ID and all that. I think he's just going around different states and buying shit. Hmm. Oh yeah, you probably can buy like explosives for like construction, mm-hmm. demolition with certain yeah like demolition with like certain IDs and permissions and stuff. Yeah. So then uh, also we cut to uh, the gross Al Pacino sex scene, which was just way Ugh. too long. And you couldn't tell who was who because he and the wife had the same fucking haircut. Honestly, that's that's my one problem with this movie is that sex scene. Yeah. I'm just like, that's listen, so I don't need to see a 58-year-old Al Pacino slinging dick, you know? <laughs> I don't need to see these two lesbians having sex when we start this movie. Right. Oh, wait, that's Al Pacino? Yeah. First thing, I could tell the difference between them because I would just look for something coarse enough to be able to strike a match on. I was like, oh, that's his skin. All right, that's him. Put the pieces together. But I actually, I skipped over this. I have that five-second fast-forward button, and I just, okay, we're out of the woods. But his skin is so coarse and, like, nicotine-stricken that he he left rug burn on her. Every, everywhere his skin touched, it's just like... And you could hear it slither across. The aggressive kissing, too, was really, oh, like... God. It was, like, Al Pacino was, like, trying to open up his mouth like a boa constrictor. <laughs> At the time, I was just like, God Ugh. damn it. And his hair is too smooth, so you see his hair, like, rock every time he's going in for an aggressive kiss, too, which is kind of weird. It's like... Right. <laughs> And he's got dog, he's got the dog tags too. So they're like flinging it all over the place, like bouncing off his wife's forehead. It's just, it's way too much shit. (laughs) (laughs) So De Niro, Uh, I mean, not De Niro, Pacino had gotten a pretty good facelift right before this movie though. So if you see him in like Sensitive a Woman two years earlier, he's like 10 years older. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. He's supposed to be playing a younger guy in this too. But, uh, all right. I think he just killed someone and stole their face and put it on top of that one. (laughs) Slither faced it. Basically, yeah. There's someone in Hollywood that can do that. I know there is. Yeah, Pacino's the one who came up with that term, good face. 
right. Let's get into the beginning of the first heist where we got Wayne Grow jumping into this big ass Stephen King maximum overdrive truck with Tom Sizemore. Wait, stop. What's your name? <laughs> Wayne Grow. Wayne Grow. Um, wrong answer. Ah, fuck off. Like, no, I don't trust someone. Like, wh- you don't start with your name as an enigma or in a question where I'm immediately like, well, Wayne Grow, what? No, fuck you. <laughs> uh-uh. I mean, I, I would say that this is immediately, like, this is a very non-Bill Belichick move. You know what I mean? To get someone like Wayne Grow into your club, into your group here. Because he, you, he has it written all over him that he's going to be a troublemaker. It's true. Well, you got to get got to yeah. give him one shot, like AB or Corey Dillon. Sometimes they um, work like Corey Dillon. Sometimes they don't, like AB. That's a good point. That's a good point, Max. <laughs> I, I when my hair got that long and it started to fall out, I had the good sense to cut it. <laughs> that makes me a trustworthy individual. This is true. Hmm. I, I also do like though, like immediately Sizemore goes, "Hey, stop talking, okay, Slick." And Wingro just like gives him a look, and then just Sizemore gives it right back, like, "What? What are you gonna do?" Right, just smirking at him. That was a that was a real Tom Sizemore look too. That oh wasn't like that wasn't an actor. He was like, "Yeah, do something about her." I've been smoking meth for two months straight. <laughs> <laughs> the producers was, think I'm doing method acting, but I'm just a drug addict. All I'm doing is actually just meth. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he's actually he's actually Pacino's dealer on set. That would be, yeah, <laughs> I was also half expecting them to put on the Joker masks during this scene too. Oh, oh yeah, masks. It had a very mm. similar um, vibe to that bank heist from The Dark Knight. Well, especially since in that bank heist, Van Sant is the guy that's the banker in The Dark Knight. Yeah. Oh right. yeah, no kidding. It's like straight up. He's a lot more intimidating in that movie than he is in this one. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. You and your friends are dead. Jeez. God, in your Egyptian cotton shirt. Yeah, come at me, bro. Let's do it. So they ran this armored truck, lay down some spike strips for the first responding cops who may follow, and then kablammo! They blow at the back door in, in uh, order to steal a specific piece of mail. Yeah, what what is the piece of mail again? It's yeah. the bearer bonds for Vincent. Oh, So like right, you can right, tell right. that they're like specifically looking for one thing because they don't take anything else. Right. And then fucking long-haired dude just gets a little itchy trigger, <laughs> trigger finger and blow, oh blows the guard away who can, who's, like, stumbling around because he has a concussion and blown eardrums. Yeah. It's like, and dude, one of the dudes even tells him, I think it's Val, he's like, dude, he can't hear. Right. He's like, bleeding that's, that's out of his ears. Too. See all that shit coming yeah. out of his ear? He can't fucking hear you. <laughs> Dumbasses. Yeah. No hesitation, though. So, I mean, they just they just unload on everybody else. They got to kill all the witnesses, but... um. The gunfire in this, too. It's, like, unlike any other gunfire in any other movie. Like, you can hear the echo bouncing off of the buildings around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's as, probably as close to real-life gunfire as movie has gotten. You know what I mean? Like, movies are always... They act like guns are fucking, like, air rifles in most movies. Like, the, the, the noise level doesn't compare. But in these, it does... It sounds like that that real gunfire, which is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, like there's, there's a reason that you wear the big, you know, you know, earmuffs, you know, when you go shooting. So, right. And th- this is a thing that I, I love about this movie too. And, and just Michael Mann in, in general is that he placed microphones all over the surrounding areas for the high scenes. Mm. that get that certain sound. Any, any, any yeah. other movie, they just do it in post. They'll just put in, you know, gun sound effects. But for him, he's like, no, it actually needs to sound like a real gun going off in the city. Yeah. That that's, that's perfect. It's perfect awesome. because it does have that like sort of crisp, but also reverberation. Mm-hmm. 
you know? That's a shit. All right, and then we meet John Voight, a.k.a. Revolver Ocelot from Metal Gear Solid. Dude, his character <laughs> in this is fantastic. I it's love a, him it's in this a, movie. It's a sad, it's, what's really sad is that John Voight is a fucking nutbag right now. I know. But uh, in him in this movie, is he's, he's great. He looks like the real life depiction of an STD. I mean, like the first thing I saw him and I immediately just thought of a hairball. I must have been, my cat must have just thrown something up, but bleh. <laughs> I mean, you look at his face. He looks he looks like he just has syphilis all over his face. It's terrible. <laughs> so, for, I mean, he's got the same exact haircut that Colin Farrell has in Miami Vice. But then also for him, though, like he hadn't done a movie, like an actual theatrical movie in 10 years. Like he was pretty much just done. And he came really? back for this and went on like a whole second. You know, he actually had like a better career after this. Huh. He was like, I made Angelina Jolie. That's my man's opus. I can't do nothing better. <laughs> it's all over. Downhill from there. Now, this was this was after Anaconda? No, this is before. This he hadn't before. done any movies. He had done, like, um, I think it was, like, Midnight Run or something. Maybe. Is it Midnight Run? No, oh, Midnight so he Run's like, a different he, movie. He really didn't do any movies by, like, not doing... You're not he just did. not recognizing Anaconda. No, he did a couple of TV movies, which was not a good thing oh. back in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Uh... That, that's the thing too like man just attracts like difficult actors and they always do great in his movies like you got Val Kilmer who was like a notorious asshole who's coming off of Batman and then he got Voight and then he got fucking like Henry Rollins who's a goddamn nut job and then he got Tom yeah. Sizemore <laughs> he like, probably just plies them all with drugs and then also you know so I mean? they had them all training with um, like special ops forces doing three weeks of, drun- of uh, gun training before they started filming I don't believe that Tom Sizemore did that. Yeah, I was about to say, the shakes would set in too soon. There wouldn't be a way. No. No, you just do a bump before you start shooting. (laughs) (laughs) They probably, like, they were probably, actually, Max might have a point. It was probably, like, he was, Tom Sizemore was out there with the special ops people, and he was like, God damn it, I'm itching right now. I need some, I need some candy. And they're like, oh, dude, we have, like, the government candy. That keeps you awake for months. And he's we like, give it to me. If we got the shit, we give the president. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Makes you not sleep for four years. Yeah, like DARPA <laughs> made this up in like some alien lab in Area 51. <laughs> it's like puts a nuclear reactor in your balls. <laughs> See, I would have expected like old school, like hard bitten, you know, Marine or something where they're like, no, no, no. You take a little bit of blow or your powdered meth and you sprinkle that underneath yeah. a nicotine pad. Slap that on your groin. You're good to go. You walk into one of the bang bang houses in Hanoi and they blow it up your ass. <laughs> I'm surprised he was actually able to fire a gun between all the fucking rapid blinking that he does in this movie. The guy barely has his eyes open. He's just constantly just like violently blinking. He's just he's flailing around and doing all he's basically he must be playing himself. He even gets to have a hissy fit later on in the movie. Oh, and like yeah. throw a glass for no reason. <laughs> For no reason. So, yeah. All right. So, I usually gloss over the details here, but Voight tells De Niro that his crew stole the $1.6 million in bearer bonds from uh, that sketchy money launderer, Van Zant, and they plan on selling them back to him at 60% of the price since Van Zant's going to be collecting all the insurance coverage anyway. So that's, that's the first plan there. Uh, seems like a good plan. Yeah. Kind of seems like it's- a plan we should try and implement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it, you're just taking huge leaps here. 
you know, Voidy boy with this, with this whole idea that this guy is that crooked to where he's just going to take it. And also yeah, it's a fine line because he could, he has to be just crooked enough to where he'll be like, yeah, I'll take the money and not kill you. Yeah. Which he does try to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shitty job. He is like a, he is like a second rate crew. All right. And then Void also tells the guy um, that some other guy wants to meet him about a seven figure job. So then we got Pacino and his crew showing up to the crime scene where he says that these guys are the best in the biz. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he basically does say that. Oh, this is great. They moved on. They already killed someone. So they killed everybody. Ah! And then he just like runs off the scene real quick, comes right back on. Ah, greatest! And then he goes right into it. But yeah, that's kind of what happened. He did a great job of like, really knocking it down detail by detail about mm-hmm. why these guys are, say it, Tim, the best in the biz. <laughs> echo, echo. These echo. guys are the best in the biz. They give me a <laughs> raging Pacino. <laughs> I'm so excited. I don't even have to do any more blow. <laughs> I'm naturally excited. My endorphins are fucking going out the roof. It's actually crazy considering that he's he's probably having a better time, and they do a good job of him having a better time um, hunting bad guys than he is fucking. Than oh, doing yeah. anything else in his life. The only yeah. thrill that he yeah. gets is the chase. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say that later on. I'll say it now, but with him, it's like you can tell that like his character would be like a great guy to go on a date with. Like He'd be a lot of fun. It's like he wants the chase of the girl, but the second he gets married and like gets him locked in, he just totally disappears. Oh yeah, ah, definitely. Yeah. He's like, "What do you want from me? I want you to be home like once a week." <laughs> God, you are such a fucking bitch. I just saw a baby in a microwave. How can I eat this? <laughs> <laughs> Any anytime I hear him talk, I just think of Charlie Day doing his impression, <laughs> <laughs> like a Serpico impression yeah. of, on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit! All right. Also, one hell hell of a crew too. I mean, you got the um for uh, for Pacino. I mean, you got the the Cherokee American actor from uh, the Last of the Mohicans. Yep. Oh yeah, Wes. Yep. And then he got um his his go to guys are Bubba from Forrest Gump and Buffalo Bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's <fucking Yeah>. Great. <laughs> oh man, Buffalo Bill. He's seen some donuts. Holy shit! That mid that midriff from going from <laughs> six pack to I can tuck my cock and balls behind my legs to now it's like look out for the mustache ride. He's just coming on down the aisle. <laughs> I gotta say, I don't. Loving. I don't think Pacino's that good of a detective. He couldn't sniff up Buffalo Bill. It's <laughs> a great point. It's a great point. All right, and then we're at this diner where De Niro bashes Wayne Gross' head against a sticky syrup table, and then he goes to shoot and uh, stick him in Danny Trejo's plastic-wrapped trunk, but he sneaks away after the cop car drives by. I was hoping that we at least get to, like, see a little bit of his slimy-ass hair in the wind and hear it slither away, like, just <laughs> as he gets away, like, like a slug, like there's a trail. Follow the grease. And then, the, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Danny Trejo's like, mm, I'll track him. <laughs> yeah, then the rest of the movie is just it's Trejo and the uh, the Cherokee American actor from uh, Last of Mohicans just sniffing around, just on a trail yeah. hunt. <laughs> Which is that's how Indians track, right? Sniffing around. <laughs> <laughs> this is nineteen ninety five. We're racist enough, right? Should be thankful we got a black guy in this movie. <laughs> oh god. Uh, a few 
holes in this movie, though. Um, this team is oh, like few. the no fucking around crew. They don't have one guy keeping an eye on Wayne Crow. I know. Yeah. Like, you shitting yeah. me? Like, they don't have some kind of turn to be like eyes. And it just means like, you know, like Val Kilmer's watching them. Like, it's, it's something. You wouldn't have like knocked him out or you wouldn't have shot him dead on. I would have shot him dead on site at the uh, <laughs> fucking the not even the diner, but at the the job. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if he's a nobody. Like, yeah. Yeah. If he can't like link anything to you back to you. I just put a bullet in his brain. Yeah. But also, like, what are they trying to do acting like they were going to shoot him the second the cop got 500 more feet down the block with a gun that doesn't have a silencer on it? Yeah, exactly. But he's using, like, a fucking Colt 45. Like, you're going to hear it. Does he? I thought he had a silencer. Because he kills him with a silencer later, and he kills uh, Van Zandt with the silencer, too. Right. Okay, so so Tim, this is, this is phase one. This is where Max starts to get defensive. <laughs> <laughs> About the movie that he loves so much. Phase one, aka pointing out actual points of the movie, <laughs> counter <laughs> arguments. <laughs> Maybe they just were hoping that whatever shot would have been like. I'm sure L.A. back then was just like a symphony of gunshots. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and then Pacino comes home four hours late for dinner and snaps at his wife for attempting to keep their marriage together. As he get that line that's been in Tim's head for the past two weeks. <laughs> I got six bodies on Venice Boulevard, Justine. I'm sorry if the chicken's a little cold. <laughs> Goddamn chicken got overcooked. Fuck it. Justine is the perfect, the perfect word for like really like, you know, tired, drunk, you know, really tired Al Pacino at the end of the day to say mm-hmm. Justine. Yeah. I bet they made him read names for days before and they're like, then they finally were like, okay, we got a cast of Justine. It had to be two syllables because he had to be able to like play it, mm. like play it out Pacino style, like mm-hmm. Justine. And then it has, <laughs> it has to have a sharp ending, you know, like a Steen ending. For in order to really like hammer it home, uh, apparently with uh, with Pacino, he like he always like goes for his, his first take is always like the most batshit crazy. He goes at like a twelve, and then he just kind of like goes down each take and gets a little bit like the directors will have to get him tuckered out. So like he's just always at like such a high level. So I feel like for that one, it was like take one hundred. <laughs> like he I literally couldn't see- talk anymore. <laughs> I want to see a master cut of all his first takes. Though. Oh my god! <laughs> I've got three so dead bodies fun. on the sidewalk in Venice Boulevard, Justin. His his first take was choking her. <laughs> Just, <laughs> <laughs> Someone Al, no milk. Like, <laughs> calm him down a bit. God, what's his daughter's? Who's the daughter in this? Uh, oh, uh, Natalie Portman runs yeah. in. He just like just kicks her in the chest. She just goes like ten feet flying against the table. Get the fuck so, away from me, Portman! Take that, is Harvard. This, <laughs> is this just a fucking prequel to um, Dancing in the Rain? Listening to the Shins. What's the movie? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Garden yeah. State. This is a prequel to Garden State. Is That's this why, why she's, she's so, so depressed? <laughs> Yes, exactly, John. <laughs> oh my God, got my walkout father, and then my stepfather turns out to just be a raging alcoholic, fucking murder detective in L.A. <laughs> All right, and then we got De Niro meeting his love interest Edie at this restaurant where he blows her off at first. Then he feels guilty, so they end up banging at her house. <laughs> that would have turned. Yeah. She's, she's basically like, "Hey, uh, 
How's it going? What the fuck's all the questions? De Niro <laughs> is like the most unapproachable looking character in this movie. <laughs> like, why the fuck would you talk to this guy? Oh, yeah. no. No. Imagine Bill with a goatee. I mean, that's what we're, that's what we're talking about here, folks. You know what I mean? The eyebrows with a with like a crazy goatee. The only green screen in this movie is when they start kissing, and it looks terrible. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's terrible. Yeah. Where they're overlooking the city? Yeah, yeah. so ap- yeah. apparently he wanted to get the shot of the city, but they didn't have the uh, like the technology yet for it to like go digital like that, so they just put a green screen over, like behind them. But they're still at that spot, which is, explains it, uh, why Collateral and Miami Vice look the way they do. It just yeah. it look it looks like they put a bed sheet up against a wall and had Christmas lights behind it. I mean, seriously, it's, <laughs> it looks so terrible. bad. It looked bad. The special effects in the original Star Trek movie or TV series look better than that. Like, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. For a guy who was so meticulous with his movies, like I'm, I'm surprised that he actually kept that in there. Well, I, I, at least the kissing was mwah, so much better than he. Okay, De Niro, he can kiss way better than Pacino. Put it that way. Oh, yeah. De Niro has some, like, game. Apparently, De Niro exclusively dates black women. Yep. Yeah, and they, yeah, yeah. And they don't fuck around with someone who doesn't have any game. You know, <laughs> De, Niro, De Niro can swing it. De Niro's looking like a stud in this movie, too. Yeah. He's probably the best-looking De Niro's ever been in a movie. Yeah. He's all tanned. He's got the nice suits. He's, like, he's in pretty good shape, too. Yep. Still got, like, that, uh, that after effect of uh, Cape Fear. <laughs> That muscle still on him. Uh, yeah, I, definitely. I wish they would have shown that off and put him in a single-breasted suit as opposed to the double-breasted, which, like, when you don't have it unbuttoned, it looks like, you know, you're just swimming in a diving suit, but, you know, you're not. You're soft. 95, yeah. man. I don't know who, I don't know who ever thought double-breasted suits looked good. Yeah. Al Pacino. Except for Steve Harvey. <laughs> yeah, still yeah. looks good. Yeah. Still looks good in him. Yeah, some people can do it. Some people can do it. <laughs> All right. Then the next morning, we have the seven-foot-tall Tom Noonan in a wheelchair telling De Niro about this bank heist that will net them over $12 million. Like, how do you meet people like this? Like, I, I prison. would... <laughs> prison. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, maybe I just need to go to prison because I would be down for this in a heartbeat. $12 million to go fucking rob some shit? Sounds great. How do, we'll I meet, how do I network this? But you, you have to make sure that you get accepted into only the good prisons, though. It's mm. like going to school. You got to oh. go to the Ivy League prisons, you know? You can't just go to, like, your normal community jail. Right. I got to get to, like, San Quentin. Yeah. San Quentin, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, and then the first class they put you through is how to put stuff in your ass. <laughs> and how to put I, your stuff in someone else's ass. I did exactly. that. At, I, I took an AP class in high school with <laughs> my gym teacher. <laughs> So AP has a whole nother meaning in this university, though. Oh. Penetration tips. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I see. Oh, gazinga. <laughs> As Tim would say. Um, by the way, the, the guy in the wheelchair was the first tooth fairy killer in Manhunter, which was directed by Michael Mann. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yep. Okay. He has a lot of recurring people in this. And then um, also... He's like the most like mid nineties hacker shit. Like he's talking about like, yeah, it's just out there, man. It's just, it's just in the clouds, in the air. It's like, like you mean like the cloud? (laughs) Yeah. Before anyone really knew what the internet was. You mean you just hacked into their security system? (laughs) Dude, information, it's there. It's just out there. All right. Then at the same time, John Voight calls Van Sant about the double dipping deal, which he agrees to, but not really, because then he tells his goon, played by Henry Rollins, to kill De Niro and his crew at the meet. 
Henry Rollins was the singer of um, Black Flag, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He's all the most right. reserved character in this movie, which is kind of weird. He's got all those tattoos. And, like he's wearing a suit the whole movie or sweatpants. Like, and spoiler alert, he gets shit whipped later in the by movie. Al Pacino like, even put up a fight. I was like, whoa, hold on. Like this guy was in Bad Boys Two, playing like ex special forces who now works for the SWAT team as his like fucking hobby. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, shit whipped. Yeah, and then he's just getting fucking like open field tackled by a five foot two Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bullshit. Uh, oh my god. Hey Henry, I'm gonna hit you real hard and take one, okay? Yeah. God. I learned this when my dad sent me to, sent me to Sicily. <laughs> Alright, who's got the slingshot? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Sling me up, Mikey. <laughs> it's time for your first AP class. Going in hard. <laughs> Ooh ah. <laughs> All right. And then we got Val Kilmer crashing on De Niro's wooden floor after getting in a fight with his wife, played by Ashley Judd. Is that Talk Ashley about... Judd? I thought it was Charlize Theron. Yeah, it's Ashley Judd with blonde hair. Oh, I uh, thought it was Charlize Char- Theron. She looked good, though. This Charlize is like her first was movie. In... Like her what first big in? movie. Charlize Keanu? Theron is. Yeah, she was in the one with Keanu, right? With Al Pacino, where he's the devil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he gets his dick wet. Yeah, and then Al Pacino fucks her, Charlize. She had to climb up a ladder to fuck her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It got dark. She's also anyway, Mad Max. So. She's she's the badass. Oh in Mad Max. yeah, she is in Mad Max. Yeah. Okay, she's in a bunch of shit. But I mean, this like this is the beginning of Ashley Judd for like her being like the queen of the '90s thrillers too. She was in so much shit. <laughs> What yeah. else was she in? She was in um, A Time to Kill. Me. I wrote this down. Time to Kill, Kiss okay. the Girls, Double Jeopardy, High Crimes. You oh know, a couple God. of movies with uh, like the Alex Cross movies with Morgan Freeman. Yeah. They're all the same. I can't, I can't distinguish the difference between any of them. So don't take me out of the 401k plan or anything, but I've not seen any of those movies. That's fair. We'll probably okay. get to them. So. Oh, okay. I don't, I okay. don't consider it fair. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> get off. Get out. Here's a here's a question I have about Ashley Judd though. What happened to her? Because isn't she like fat and gross now? No, those are her sisters. Oh, that's the country singers. I got you. Now she's I think she's still married to some like race car driver, and she does like TNT shows and just like small parts. Like it's just the typical early two thousands, late nineties actress. Like oh, how old are you now? Thirty six. Oh, you need to play grandmothers now. You can't do anything else. Yeah, unfortunate for her. Um, Holy shit, she was in Twin Peaks? Really? She was? Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Sorry, we can keep going. I didn't mean to derail that, but I That's just saw good. something in Twin Peaks. I'm like, holy shit. Derailed uh, a movie title that you would have thought Ashley Judd would be in. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I think it might be another Twin Peaks, but it doesn't matter. No, it's not. Anyway, sorry. Go. Okay. <clears throat> Alrighty. Yeah, also, uh, De Niro, no furniture in his house <laughs> at all. Zero furniture. Yep. So, it should be a red flag for our uh, Southern Bill. <laughs> yes. So, you don't have any furniture in your house? Uh, no, I do not. Okay, okay. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. As my old friend said in the slammer, anything oh that God. you can leave in 10 seconds flat. Got the heat around the corner. She's like, "What, what are you talking? The slant? What are you talking about?" Uh, that was a what restaurant. Does it mean you can't have a couch? <laughs> yeah, can't you just get it furnished? 
Because, like, all he has is, like, basically, like, an ice chest and, like, three pull-out chairs is kind of what it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> stand-up picnic chairs kind of a thing in the living room. Huh. And $4.5 million of tools. <laughs> but he's got a great view. Beautiful view. Also, some poetic shit from, from Val Kilmer. Because his whole thing is, like, he's, like, a gambling degenerate. And, yeah. you know, he lost all his money. He's afraid Ashley Judd's going to leave him. And then he says, uh, for me, the sun rises and sets with her, man. Which is beautiful. It's like beautiful thing that he would never say to his wife. That would definitely get him a couple of uh, brownie points. Uh, yeah. Instead, she's <laughs> fucking the guy who plays Chief Wiggum. Yeah. Hank Azaria. Uh, honestly, it's hilarious. He's just like, he walks in. She's like, can we like not live our life where you go risk your life for a robbery and then gamble it all at the track. And he's like, get out of here, you overbearing bitch. <laughs> and, and then he cuts him being like, she's a saint. She's the love of my life. <laughs> he see, like he threatens her. I was like, all right, if you don't like it, give me the fucking keys and I'm going to be keeping the bank account. And she just gets all quiet. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, Typical that's not a good broad. <laughs> I, Maybe he did play himself. Really, for real. All right. Um, let's just skip over the whole uh, the getaway driver because we'll get to him later. That little sub story. But yeah, yeah. So we got uh, Pacino. He meets with the guy who did the song uh, Wild Thing. <laughs> it goes, you know, that whole conversation goes absolutely nowhere until he mentions that he ran into this ex-con who calls everyone by slick, which is a magic word because Pacino then gets the name and uh, puts a whole surveillance team on him. So who is slick again? Slick is uh, Tom Sizemore. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah. This is what happens when we watched a movie a month ago. (laughs) So Sizemore is basically Alfred. He is nothing but a fucking liability. Him and Wayne I don't care. Huh? Him and Wayne Grow. Well, Wayne Grow, at least Wayne Grow's like out there for his own gain. Sizemore already fucked this up. Just because he's just too recognizable and yada yada. And I don't care how good his blow is. He's a liability. Also, the logic makes no sense. Like the, him calling people slick, like that isn't his nickname. It's what he calls other people. Like people didn't call Biff butthead in Back to the Future. Right. It makes no yeah. fucking sense. I don't yeah. see how you could take slick and get it back to the person who says slick. Yeah. <laughs> no First sense. of all, that, that is a cokehead firing on one word and so happy to get lucky. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's what that was. What? What'd you say? Ah! And he happened to trace that one thread out of a stack of threads, and he got lucky. Hey, you! Yeah? <laughs> say that again. <laughs> slick? <laughs> slick! Someone get out, Slick! <laughs> I'm not even chewing gum! <laughs> Who are you talking to? It's just you and me. <laughs> He's all keyed up in the scene, too. But the guy's like, I could get killed for saying this shit, man. He's like, you can get killed walking your doggy. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. It was Give me so that. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> you just come straight. You get killed, killed walking your doggy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. And, like, he yells, but his face doesn't change. Like, his face is completely numb. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's the this work he got done. Scene. All right, and then the next morning, uh, De Niro goes to the Van Sant drop-off. But it's a trap! And the lawyer's crew tries to uh, kill De Niro, but thankfully Robin, I mean Batman, I mean Val Kilmer, who was uh, up in his eagle's nest, tips him off as the bad guys kill the badder bad guys. It's a double trap, dude. <laughs> it's it a double a- trap. <laughs> 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 
uh, those dudes roll fucking hard too. And they were, they were totally ready for it. Except now here's the one gripe I have with the scene. Cause it was hardcore. They fucked these dudes up mm-hmm. after they tried jacking them on it. But was there any reason for De Niro to shoot through the windshield? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the dude I don't was think there was. fucking, the guy was sh- getting ready to shoot him. You got it. You got to You got to keep but, on shooting. No, but he's got all of his buddies there with like he's got he's got Sizemore all methed up with a freaking semi-auto shotgun. He's got Val Kilmer with like a 50 caliber fucking Beretta sniper rifle. Like, I think he just really enjoys doing it. And that's okay. Yeah. Because he does it later in the movie too, where I'm like, shit, can he just hang out the side of the window? Yeah. Or just kick it open. I think that is a little like sub thing with uh De Niro's character is that he acts like he's all cool and calm, but he loves killing people too. Ah, he's a fucking sadistic cool. fuck too. Okay. Okay. I mean, hence his whole downfall later. He just, he couldn't get away from it, but go ahead, Tim. Mm. Oh no, I, I'm fine. Oh, okay. Going. Well, my note here too, Timmy will appreciate this is Kilmer is such a lethal weapon in this. Oh my God. Isn't he? he? Is Riggs. He's Christ. like Martin Riggs' son. Uh, yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He's like Your Martin brother. Riggs' son. His hair is just as beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just want to see, I want to see like Riggs. Like seeing that on the news, being like, "That's my boy." <laughs> I taught him everything he knows. He's my brother, <laughs> Vale Kimmer, Spartan Riggs. <laughs> <laughs> also, all the drop-off money was actually all the documents showing that Biden rigged the election, which is just a bunch of shredded pieces of blank paper. Yeah, yeah, evidence. Funny that. <laughs> Look at all this evidence I have. There's pages of it. Evidence. That's a coloring book. Well, that'll be good for the the listeners. <laughs> oh, they'll love that. Humor they'll love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I'd say it's uh it's definitely um you know what? It's just right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you get another just a couple of badass lines here, but the one with De Niro when he calls Van Sant talking to an empty telephone. Because there's a dead man on the other end of this fucking line. What a fucking line, dude. Boom. Shoved in a locker. I would brown my, I would brown my undies if someone ever said that to me. (laughs) Especially with uh, De Niro's uh, delivery, not mine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not my slurry delivery. Well, you get to see it actually delivered on the other end of the line too, where it takes it a second to hit the, you know, douchebag on the phone where he's like, oh, Oh, I fucked up. Yeah. And he then loses his shit. You'll see him later on. Like he's been wearing the same shirt for like days. You can tell he hasn't left his office. He's just fucking so afraid. Then we get the side story of Wayne Grove being a serial killer that uh, Pacino's also chasing, which was just totally unnecessary for this movie. That just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't, didn't need to happen. There was no reason. But you know what? He's got swastikas on his chest because why not? Let's see how deep we can make this character for whatever reason. Yeah. So I, I don't know if Tim, if you if you knew this or not, but this movie was um, like originally supposed to be a TV show. It was called L.A. Takedown. They only got no, a pilot no done. Idea. So Michael Mann made this into a TV show that just never got picked up. But like right. the diner scene's exactly the same. Um, the guy, uh, what's his name, uh, Ralph? I think the one who like fucks uh, Pacino's wife later. He played Wayne Grow in it. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. So you can wow. see some of these things where it's like, okay, that whole Wangro thing was going to be a completely different subplot of the TV show that just couldn't happen. Same thing with uh, the, the daughter, too. Right, right. Yeah, yeah that's a good point because there are some, like, there's some 
sort of tangents in this script that are just kind of like, yeah, you didn't need that. But I can see why the, if it was a TV show, yeah. those would have been in there. I just realized John's been raising his hand like he's in class. I thought he was just stretching. Yes, John. Yes, no, John. I, no, no, I'm not raising my hand. I've got it resting on a wall here. And it's kind oh. of like I'm doing disco. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, 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 staying alive, staying alive. Honestly, actually, you know what it looks like? It looks like John's in the ride of It's a Small World at Disney World. It's <laughs> a small world after <laughs> all. It does. Oh, I fucking wish. <laughs> That would be awesome right now. Is, is the world ending yet? Is it over? Not yet. Not until Biden gets in. <laughs> I, will, I will never be able to live in the suburbs because they'll be fucking gone. Yeah. So then we get about 10 minutes of uh, some character development stuff, you know, with relationships going in and out. Like, who cares? And then we get the stakeout at the metal depository. Um, yeah. That's the black and white vision thing. I'm trying to remember. I'll, I'll fill I, you guys I, in. I, no, okay. I've got it. I've got it. It All was right. just, it's, 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 it's a lot. And no one gets punched in the face like you have in The Departed, which I was waiting for. I was hoping Al Pacino, <laughs> and you'll get to this, obviously, explaining this, but I was hoping Al Pacino would have punched somebody in the face on, their, on his staff. Oh, I remember now. I remember now. Yeah, Val Kilmer's, like, fucking got this cool little gantry drill, mm-hmm. and they're, they're sitting in, um, in the truck out there, and then some fucking noob... Some fucking noob cop. Yeah, who's got a gun? gun. Who's who has the gun around his his uh his shoulder inside of a stakeout van? Like yeah, a fucking that's the, goddamn boy scout. That's the man who's never felt the warm blood of a victim on his face. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see the it's last the, the dying breaths of a man? <laughs> it's the same SWAT guy who fucking um in Die Hard. We went to Nakatomi Plaza and like you know cut himself on a thorn and went ow. <laughs> Yeah. Same guy. Well, I think I love those. Like, they don't chew him out. They don't say anything. It makes it so much worse. Like, I felt like this is how I felt, like, freshman year when I fumbled a punt return that, like, ended up losing us the game. It's just like, nobody <laughs> says anything to you. Like, you get back on the bus. I'm just, like, staring at the fucking ceiling. Like, that's how this guy was. Like, everyone I got was, out of the van. They're just like, God damn it. And the guy I was is waiting just, like, for looking the up Alec the Baldwin scene in The Departed. I know. That's what John was saying. Yeah. <laughs> Can I, can I talk to you real quick? You son of a bitch! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least like a Mark Wahlberg running around just screaming at people for no yeah. good reason. Like, oh, who are you? Yeah, well, I'm the guy who does his job. Who the fuck are you? Yeah. Fuck off! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, guy who just blew up. How you doing? I'm Mark Wahlberg. Mark, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I'm Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. <laughs> it's 1995. I'm also on blow. <laughs> Do you know I shot somebody in the face? Oh, not supposed to talk about that. You know that I'm a racist piece of shit in real life? Oh, no, no, okay. Let's do a Disney movie. <laughs> All right, then De Niro tells his crew that the cops are on to them, and he puts it to a vote where they either leave town now or they do the $12 million job. And surprisingly, all these career criminals say yes to the job. Yeah, a little top size one. It's like, yeah, I got kids, family, whatever. I got money in the bank. I don't need to do this. I'm in. He has the, one of the best lines, too. He goes, for me, the action is the juice. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That is Tom Sizemore. For me, the meth is the meth. (laughs) What? (laughs) For me, the high is the crystal. (laughs) (laughs) And he thinks about it long and hard, too. Blinking a million times. It still comes away. (laughs) Again. My God. (laughs) Ugh. 
It's funny though, because I mean, yeah, like De Niro says like, Hey, you got a family, you got money invested. You got a bunch of uh, real estate investments. I'm like, that is why all these fucking empty skyscrapers are getting built all over the country right now. It's, pe- it's like people like Tom Sizemore who end up getting killed and there's no fucking money left. Right. Yep. Or it's just Russian yep. people. Or it's just Russia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So we got that great Sizemore line, which is followed up with one of the best fucking line deliveries in movie history where Pacino forces Hank Azaria, who's been fucking Ashley Judd, into becoming an informant. So Azaria, who's just like a whiny scumbag in this, goes, oh man, why'd I get mixed up with this bitch? And Pacino goes, because she's got a great ass (laughs) in your head. It's all the way up it. I just, I, it's uh, such a good line. I watched it like five minutes before we started. Nikki's like, why do you watch this video all the time? It's like, it's it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It's, it did. It's great because she's got a great ass. It's almost like show tune-ish. Like he does like a hand flourish because she's got a great ass. Like he does the whole, like the hourglass curves. (laughs) That's what he does. And then he's about to say big ass. Like he's wording big, like a big B. And then he just throws a great ass. Right. And Azaria is just completely his, taken aback. I thought his fucking teeth were going to pop out of his head when he said that, <laughs> along with his fucking eyes. His fucking eyeballs. <laughs> I was fucking horrified seeing this. I was like, this is what drug addiction looks like. Rah! He's screaming at me through the television with his big old chompers. It, it's, He's got big old teeth. It's the same face he makes in The Devil's Advocate when he like blows up. You know, you know, like at the end of the movie, like it's the same yeah. face when he's Sitting going like, like oh, he's just screaming. That's what he looks like when he has a heart attack and he climaxes. I guarantee it. <laughs> so this scene was, it was improvised by Pacino, that take. And I guess Azaria's oh. reaction was totally improvised too. <laughs> he was, it's like when he goes like, Jesus Christ, like that was real. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's amazing. <sighs> when I think of an ass, I don't know. Something just comes out of me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But the, the best part of it is that Hank Azaria, like, you know, he does like a fourth of the, of the Simpsons characters. He admitted that like his um, voice of Mo is just a bad Al Pacino impression. And then he's doing a movie with Al Pacino. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh. <sighs> Most coked up that he's been in the entire movie is this, though. He, oh, like, mentions, you know, he mentions Ashley Judd's wife's name. She's like, who? 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 What are you, a fucking owl? <laughs> yeah. I love it. I can tell the higher he is, they have to give him gum in certain scenes. Just so that way, I guess he doesn't go straight through his own tongue. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but you can see it. There's certain scenes where he's just, I mean, just going to town on some fucking gum. He's got yeah. five sticks in his mouth. And then uh, back in L.A., De Niro and his crew are acting like they're casing the shipyard, but it's a trap. And they flip the script and take photos of Pacino's crew. I mean, what a good plan. Yeah. That yeah. that was so fucking smart. I loved it. Yep. And then Al, Al Pacino's reaction, smile, guys, we're <laughs> on camera. Okay, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. He is fucking rock hard in that scene. <laughs> rock hard. You know He's kind of like at? a coked up Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. It's that New York. Yeah. Huh. Same age. Well, thank God he got the facelift. Yeah. And better makeup. Uh, yeah, much better makeup. And oh, better yeah. hair dye. And better hair dye. Mm-hmm. And better blow, probably. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and better friends that are criminals. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So after this, De Niro, he's with John Voight, <laughs> where you learn that Pacino is also an ex-Marine, and he's taken down a lot of top-notch crews and has a huge hard-on for De Niro. Well, who wouldn't? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Another memorable line, though, with Voight. Three marriages. What the fuck you think that means? He likes staying home? <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's like so every, true, too. Every like, neglectful, like, divorced dad is just, like, nodding their head. They're like, that's right. That's fucking yeah. right. Oh it's the woman's God. fault. Broads don't get it. <laughs> the date the date that they brought to the movie is sitting next to them, like, no, you don't, no. The, he's saying it's his fault. <laughs> what are you talking about? Get out no, of here, no. you dumb broad. He's a good guy in this. <laughs> yeah. And this is like one of three times in the movie where De Niro actually smiles. It's one like Void. It's just like, he's like, you could tell Void's excited about it too. He's like, look at this guy. Look at all this great shit that he's done. He's taking down all these people. Right. De Niro's just kind of like smirking at him. He's like, you're really liking this, aren't you? Void's cranking it under the table. So then Pacino goes home and sees that his wife's going out. So he decides to take De Niro out on a date to yet again, another LA diner where they both agree while smiling that they'll take the, uh, the other one out if push comes to shove. So once again, this is this is literally Grand Theft Auto in movie format. Like Al Pacino is in a helicopter following the car that De Niro's in. Stop has the helicopter land, has a car delivered to him, like via video game, basically, and then gets in the car, goes, pulls his ass over, and then they drive themselves to a diner to go make out. Yeah. (laughs) I would have loved if they indulged me with like five minutes of mundane. Like, really mundane talk between them, being like, do you like the cappuccinos here? <laughs> yeah, I do. It's good. Do you, uh, they steam the milk. I don't know how they steam the milk, but it's really good here. And a little bit of cinnamon they put on top. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was going to rain tomorrow. I heard that, too. Yeah. We probably won't be doing the heist tomorrow. Nah, 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 nah. I don't do heist in rain. It's, yeah. it's smart. It's like the D-Day invasion. <laughs> Planning for good weather. Yeah. This is good. This is good. Do you like the History Channel? <laughs> I do. You see the one about JFK? <laughs> I mean, this is like supposed to be that big setup. Like, oh my God, the two most iconic actors of a generation finally on screen together at the same time where you don't see either one. You only see one of their faces at the same time. It's like right. the cameras are set up in each each angle. And like, it's just, it, it was an overrated scene. Their conversation is total garbage for the most oh, part. Oh, yeah. This movie isn't about conversation. It is not. It's about great ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also like what happens when two strange men are forced to sit down with one another. It's like, that's how many words are exchanged. Not many. No. Right. Well, they were also, they didn't rehearse before the scene and they were just kind of improvising a little bit. And you can tell because the conversation is fucking dumb. Like <laughs> yeah, they're talking about dreams. Like, I got this dream where everyone in this room that I killed is, they're after me. It's like, that's called PTSD. Yeah. He's like, I got the same dream, but I'm I'm stuck in a corner and I can't get out. It's like it's because you got arrested for robberies and you were in jail in solitary confinement. Also PTSD, guys. Come on. <laughs> then yeah. Pacino's told that uh De Niro's entire team dumped the surveillance at the same time as uh you see them hacking into the bank security system. Yeah. I'm forget I'm sorry, I'm forgetting. So that's when Tim goes, I had coffee with McNeely. Half an hour ago. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) His delivery in that is fucking weird. (laughs) Oh my god, it's so funny. His dude, his delivery on most lines, like key pivotal lines in this movie, are just they're so fantastic. 
he he makes this movie. Yeah, I know he's going he's going way over the top, but like he steals every single scene that he's in in this movie. He's so he's, fucking good. He's kind of like a grumpy bulldog. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's like, has his, his shoulders are slouched and he's got like a lazy eye and like, the you know, he's kind of yeah. like cocked, but he's just really aggressive. <laughs> More like a shih tzu with that hair. Yeah. He's had- a bulldog that got into some shit. <laughs> right. Yeah, his owners filled him, uh, fed him LSD. <laughs> <laughs> and also sent him through a fucking tanning salon for some reason. We right. don't know why. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into the bank robbery scene. Um, before we do that, though, I'll, I'll explain a little bit more so it makes, like, a little bit more out of order so it makes more sense. Because uh, okay. Wayne Grow, he meets with Van Zant. And they force Danny Trejo into telling De Niro that he can't be the getaway driver and they need a new one. So they pick up the guy from all, the Allstate commercials and oh, um, yeah. they head to the bank heist. <laughs> but at the same time, I guess they also like pretty much, you know, almost like beat him to death and they find out where the bank heist is going to be. So Henry Rollins calls the cops because he's an informant. So that's how they're able to catch him in the act. Oh, that's how they're able to find out where the, the heist actually is. Yeah. In which like okay. they're so good that. Like they, you know, there's like, yeah, they're doing the heist at 11 o'clock and then, you know, they show up and they're like, they're already coming out. It's like, they're so fast. It's like, they're just like, shit, they're already done. I told you we should know what got that cup of coffee, (laughs) but the cappuccinos there are so good. It's either coffee or going back to the evidence lock and it gets some more blow. (laughs) (laughs) Now, did Danny Trejo really, was he not able to shake the cops? Because I feel like. That's, that's the thing is that they told him that like, you know, make an excuse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. I was thinking that he like, was like, no, dude, I'm bailing the fuck out. And then they got him. Yeah. Okay. But, um, I'll get into this heist here. So first, you know, you got De Niro, he had cold clocks, a bank manager. (laughs) He just goes like, sit there, let it bleed. (laughs) (laughs) And then even like Sizemore's voice is completely different. Like this is when he goes into full beast mode. Yeah. When he's on full meth. Yeah. I just wrote down, it's time for the juice. <laughs> the, the juice. Yeah, I think that he actually reverberates the actual, the sound of his voice in like his, his tummy or something because it, it booms yeah. when it comes out. Because usually it's very light and ah, but when he does yell, it's like, get the fuck down. Like, <laughs> that's Tom Sizemore, right? Yeah. 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 And yeah. then, um, you know, you got like Sizemore, which is just some of the, 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 the small little um, touches in this, like Sizemore opening the, the passenger door so De Niro doesn't have to open it as they get back in, you know, like that small stuff. But right. then, uh, you know, Kilmer, and then he sees the cops from across the street. Like they've been using the buses as like diversions that kind of get closer to them without them seeing. And like, you know, Kilmer's like smirking and then out of nowhere, he just like unloads a fucking hailstorm of bullets. Just like, yeah, it, it totally annihilates Buffalo Bill. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's fantastic. That is, that is impressive, though. Like, just zero hesitation once again. Just immediately, like, nope, this is, this is what you got to do. Boom. Immediately. Yep. We're not, we're not out to kill people, but if I have to, you're dead. Yeah. And So I've seen this, like, on IMDb and stuff. I don't know if it's true or not, but I guess I think it's, like, the Marines use Vel Kilmer in the scene of how to, like, properly do rapid reloading because he's so oh. quick and precise with it. Really? Yeah. Huh. Because he's, he reloads that gun in, like, six seconds. Right. It's fucking yeah. incredible. Well, good for good for Val Kilmer. I mean, he could be yeah. proud that he isn't terrible at everything. 
I, f- I feel like they, they added that in after the fact because when I was bitching earlier um, about like, oh, well, so what do they have, like 120 rounds in those clips or something? Because mm-hmm. no one was fucking reloading. They put that in there just so that way people, super fans of the film, could be like, well, no, John, did you see how fast he reloaded that clip? It's like, okay, fine, fuck you. <laughs> well, they have fuck a, you, Max. They have a bunch fuck of clips you. around their, sh- I think, around their shirts, too. They have like ammo belts, too. Like, oh, right I mean, there. I know they got the bullets. Yeah, they're ready to go. Um, also Buffalo Bill dying for the second time in like three weeks on yeah. the show. <laughs> yeah. He, he dies good. Yeah. It's disturbing the way he dies. Like his look. Yeah. It, yeah, it looks, it's creepy. It's almost like he's already is. dead. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, they're not in good hands with the Allstate getaway driver because he gets shot and killed, crashes the car. Yeah. His face gets blown apart. Yeah. And then also, like, nobody's saying a word. That's the thing I love about this, too. Like, how it's just, it's so cinematic, but not like any other typical 90s action movie. Like, nobody's yelling. Nobody's delivering lines. They're just shooting. Right. It's literally just the sound of bullets and them moving. Yeah. It's sort of like that 1918 movie, you know? Mm. The World War I movie where, like, they did the whole fucking movie in, like, one long shot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got it. So then, um, yeah, and then, you know, it pretty much this whole scene ends with uh, Pacino. It's like he's running through, like, waves of innocent people, just, like, fucking, sh- like, shoving them to the ground. And then he just fucking snipes Tom Sizemore straight in the head, who's uh, holding a kid as a, as a uh, hostage. A typical son. T- Tom Sizemore's done that in real life, too. <laughs> yes. In the same, <laughs> actually, same times. location. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're not taking me back to rehab. <laughs> We don't know why. Every time we know he's trying to bail re- bail on rehab, he ends up right here with a kid every time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he falls into that pool every time. <laughs> it's like he's stuck in a loop. We need to break him out of it. Somebody needs to get Al Pacino here. Some weird Black Mirror episode with Tom Sizemore. <laughs> yeah, and then also Kilmer gets shot in the face. But uh, De Niro is able to sneak out with a station wagon. So um, at this point, you're, you know, you're assuming that the movie's about to end. You know, it's, it's a nice little third act. The movie's been going on for an hour and 50 minutes. Nope. Literally got another hour left in this movie. Yep. <laughs> so, oh, do I know it? So uh, then, you know, you get the, you cut to like the human aspect of the cops and the robbers' wives, like watching the TV, seeing that their loved one died, uh, followed by the freakishly balding George Costanza looking Jeremy Piven long before he got his hair plugs treating uh, uh, Val Kilmer's wounds. He's a vet, right? Yeah, he's the vet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give me a shirt. My daughter got me the shirt for my birthday. I don't give a fuck. Give me your shirt. (laughs) I like how you would question the person that just brought in (laughs) someone who who got shot during a heist. You would be like, oh, my daughter got me the shirt. With two bags full of like millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, Yeah. I would probably give that guy whatever he wants. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like that was an improvised line by Piven. It's the way he says it, too. The director's just like, God damn it, Jeremy. Go do Entourage already. Well, that's why De Niro doesn't say anything. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Give it to me. It's like, has yeah. absolutely nothing. It's no, like, beat one-two punch to it. Yeah. Right. It's like, De Niro's like, no, I'm still st- sticking to the script here. Give me a shirt. So then De Niro goes to Trejo's house where he sees that his wife was raped and beaten to death. And then Trejo's looking like a human potato sack. Where we learn that Van Zandt and Wayne Grow were the ones who set them up. Jesus, his wife was raped and beaten to death. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I she's on she the killed. Yeah, they like De Niro walks by her, the bedroom and she's in there like on the bed, like sprawled out, all bloody. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. Yeah, it's gross. It's the saddest part of the movie, honestly. It's like, oh yeah, and it's also Treo's probably best acting when he get in the, he like lets out that like really faint yell when he says like she's dead. Right. And he's like, just kill me, man. I love Danny Trejo. Yeah. Yeah. Who plays uh, Trejo in this movie? That's his character's name is Trejo. I know. <laughs> they were like, yeah. he just didn't. He just didn't respond to the other <laughs> the, the name in the script. He's still starting off. Yeah. Well, I think it's because this is like the first movie in which his character's name wasn't like criminal or prisoner. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Wait a second. So how the fuck did he? So he was also an anaconda, and I swear he looked like a sixteen-year-old boy in that. They must have put some serious makeup on that kid. You looked. He looked pretty young before. He did. He I mean, don't get me up. wrong. Now he's got some city miles on him. I mean, holy shit. Oh, my shit. God, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a well. rough one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then De Niro sneaks to Van Sant's house, kills him because he doesn't know where Wayne Grow is. Uh, immediately, once again, like, where the fuck is he? He's like, how should I know? Boom, dead. Yeah. All right, we're walking. Like, yep. right. Yeah. <laughs> Business. Next. I yep. would have, if I was De Niro, I would have savored that kill some more. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't do that for any of them. The ones that like deserve to die slow. It's just right. like, boom, 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 done. Well, that's because he's just efficient. It's a fit, yeah, he needs to get the fuck out of there as soon as possible. Right. In and out. All right. And then uh, this intense standoff. Get, uh, hold on. Then Yeah, then we get this, um, this intense standoff where Kilmer goes to see his wife with the cops there. And she gives him the hand signal saying that he's not there. Oh, this is, yeah. Cops. This is Bubba's yeah, shining moment right. in the movie. He did a great job in that scene trying to convince her to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since, like, the, her husband had just killed his partner that day. Right. <laughs> like, it's like your husband's a fucking scumbag who just murders cops, and I'm, like, defending you here. So, right. You know, Hank Azari's like, ugh, fucking bitch, this is what you fucking want. You want out? So you get the fuck out. He's like, hey, get in the other room. She's had a long day. Right. Bubba might be my favorite character in this. Yeah, he's good. And it's a pretty intense scene too. When it's like, yeah, it's not him. He's like, okay, pull him over anyway. He's like, oh right. shit. Honestly, yeah. Ashley Judd's a fucking moron. Yeah. It's like, I would have sold Val Kilmer down the river fucking 10 times. <laughs> you hear that, yeah. Abby? Yeah. Oh my I mean, God. honestly, degenerate gambler, cop killer, bank robber, and is also abusive. abusive? Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Agreed. If Abby gets got- parking tickets, I blame it on her. If I get parking <laughs> tickets, I blame it on her. <laughs> right, and then a little bit later, Pacino walks into his wife making breakfast for her fuck buddy, Ralph. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wrote down the line for this too, Tim. You can ball my wife if she wants to, but you do not get to watch my fucking television set. <laughs> I love it. Oh God. I have to, you, you have to, that's a, such a man thing. It's like, I'm going to reclaim whatever, whatever piece of dignity I have left here. <laughs> that's not stapled down. Yeah, exactly. Poor, poor Ralph that, though. There's no way that they, the writers did this. This had to have been another like improvised thing <laughs> where he was just so coked up and they're like, and they, the producers are freaking out. They're like, no, Al's on a roll. Let him have it. Let him have it. Listen, this is take 37. Just let him fucking do it. He has not <laughs> listened to any advice. <laughs> no, but Max, to your point, like poor Ralph, it's like literally they're having a conversation over there where they're bullshitting on him. She they're says, like, I have, I have to go demean myself with yes, Ralph. <laughs> yes. Now I have to demean myself with Ralph to get closure with you. And Ralph's like, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down, Ralph. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So that guy's, his name's uh, Xander Berkeley, the actor who played Wayne Grow. And um, he's also the dude, the foster dad in Terminator 2, that gets the fucking yep. milk carton through the eye. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Only a few more notes here, guys. <laughs> Tim Harrison. Ah! Yeah. So, so for the listeners at home, we got this on camera, and I'm just looking at Tim and John, both with their heads staring at the ceiling with their eyes closed away from the microphone. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep this show going. <laughs> Tim's like, I've had my eighth turkey dinner the last three days. I can't do this. <laughs> We've been sitting on this hot potato for too long. <laughs> <laughs> any other movie I, I would have just said alright fuck it we'll just do like Back to the Future I love that <laughs> no, one but no, it's like I, I, know, I spent I know, three I hours watching this fucking thing it's like I have we have to do it we I did too <laughs> we watched it too Max <laughs> uh, alright and then we got the whole like you know Nellie Portman suicide thing which is also you know like I said mentioned earlier that's definitely from the TV show that man just wanted to kind of sneak in here for some reason yeah. you're kind of out of the box there yeah doesn't really do much, but how'd she get into his hotel room anyways? He probably left a note saying like, I'll be at this hotel room, whatever. No, I'm guessing right he did that. Right. That Cause he nice. is a good father despite being a terrible person. Yeah. He picks her up from school because they're like her deadbeat dad isn't there. And right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Her, her, <laughs> her whore mom's <laughs> fucking Ralph. <laughs> Demeaning herself with Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> Doing Xanax and weed. <laughs> God, I forget the line he says about that house. It's fucking hilarious too. But oh God, I know that's like, like postmodern. Yeah, postmodern bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. And I'm happy that they snuck that in there because I was the entire time I was thinking too, I was like, I fucking hate this house. <laughs> and, know, and then Pacino's like, so do I. <laughs> yeah, God damn it, John. <laughs> All right. Getting close to the end here. So we've got uh, De Niro. He's on his way to the airport with, uh, with Edie when he gets a call from Voight tipping him off of Wayne Grove's location. So De Niro heads there to kill him. I, I mean, this choice, I got to say, it's the one choice that De Niro makes in this movie that I can't abide. It's like, dude, you're about to be on a plane to fucking Tahiti. You're going to be living the, the dream. I mean, just don't do it. Yeah, you already yeah. got the money. Like, yeah, all the on. guy did was Get just out. mess up his, you know, uh, so-called business associates that were all geared up to just split anyway. Like, they know the right. risks. Like, fuck it. You're out. Yeah. Yeah. That should have been the easiest decision to make. It's not like he killed the girl. I know. It's just because, like, he's like, you, you're you the reason why my whole crew is gone. You right. Know? Like, he just can't. He can't yeah. let it go. Like, he has to take this guy out. Well, yeah. Like, the one mistake De Niro made. It's the one that would be the one down. that got away. Yeah. You know, like he'll be 60 thinking about it. Although, it, you know, he's like 50 in this movie. But I mean, also, the like, <laughs> you know, with, with like Void, like he seems like he's like, you know, clearly like the mentor to De Niro. And he tells him like multiple times to walk away. And De Niro, even though he acts so cool and smart, he fucking get to, you know, he also gets too emotional and just won't oh, yeah. do anything that Void tells him to do. No, no, no. Definitely even not. That, even that, that other heist, the $12 million heist, Void's like, I wouldn't do it if I were you. It's like, yeah, we're going to do it. Yeah. You know, now everyone's dead. I think at the end of the day, that line about the juice, that's yeah. Robert De Niro in reality. Yeah. Uh, They're all just fucking addicts for the rush. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
So De Niro leaves the car running with Edie in it, sneaks up to Wangro's hotel room and shoots him execution style. Like a boss. Boss. Like Michael Mann will like, he turns this into like a trademark in collateral with the, uh, the two to the chest, one in the head. Oh, double tap. Yeah. Double tap. Yeah. He like makes it like that into like an art form later. <laughs> yeah, he really does. Where people are talking about like, oh my God, that the bullets are only three millimeters apart. Oh, there's like, yeah, some dead body nerd running around in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's his fetish. Uh, so Tarantino likes feet and he likes uh, people getting killed real good. Well, that's the whole thing. Like I was, I'll, I might mention it later, but like Michael Mann, like his, he, like all of his buddies in real life are either cops or criminals. Like he had the whole cast go out to dinner one night with like the cops and all their families and then all the criminals and their families the next night. Really? Yeah. Like Dennis, you know, Dennis Farina, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's like Michael Mann got him the start too, because Farina was just like an advisor for Michael Mann movies prior. What was, is Dennis Farina like a cop or something? He was a, yeah, he was like a 30 year Chicago detective, I think, or a cop. Oh, really? Yeah. That's that's great. Yeah. He was in Law and Order. Fantastic. Yep. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you just proved that you're an actual fan. I never really knew if you liked the show or not. Now I know. Oh, I love the show. <laughs> Law and Order, and uh, he's, he's also in, um, what what's that Guy Ritchie movie that he's in? Oh, um, Lock, Stock, and... No, Crank. No, not Crank. Uh, Rock and Roller? No, it's the other one. The one with Brad Pitt is the gypsy. Oh, so, so Snatch. Snatch. Yes. Yeah. He's he's like the silver-haired, mustached Chicago guy yeah. in Snatch. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yep. Okay. So meanwhile, at the hospital, Pacino, his wife asks him if there's like any way that they can work, you know, work it all out. And he just pretty much, he's flat out says no. And then he leaves to go chase yeah. after De Niro. <laughs> he, he, the he's most like, oh. incoherent answer too. He's just like, listen, babe. Use a person, the moon's the moon. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) She's just like sitting there, like, what? (laughs) And then the director probably is just like, Michael Mann, or Mann's probably like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's the first we're going to get out of him. Let's fucking move. Can we get him back for another take? No, he actually literally got in the car. I think he's going after De Niro. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, honestly, like, the movie has like another 20 minutes, but this is it's pretty much over here because Pacino chases De Niro into the LAX runways where they exchange some gunfire. De Niro tries to take advantage of the runway lights, but Pacino gets the jump on him when he sees his shadow. Several's, uh, and then he fires several rounds right into his chest. And then uh, the movie wraps up with uh, De Niro's dying words of, I told you I'm never going back. As yeah. uh, he extends his hand with uh, Pacino taking it. And then the movie ends with this, um, you know, this like symbolic curtain closing shot of the silhouette of Pacino just staring into the abyss, holding the dead hand of De Niro. And then the movie just ends. I I was hoping that we'd have a little bit of like Tropic Thunder where at least like De Niro's hands would have blown off and, you know, Pacino's just like sitting over there (laughs) crying over him, you know, like (laughs) spitting. (laughs) (laughs) You're my brother. You're my kid. From another mother. <laughs> I love this ending, though. Yeah, it is Beautiful good. music. It is good. Oh, Shockingly, yeah. It's by Moby, too, which is kind of surprising. Moby. Moby. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. I know, he's still is, he's still alive, isn't he? Yeah. I thought a uh, fucking STD would have gotten him. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I just love, like, 
like you got like Pacino's just like his exhausted, like the bittersweet look on his face. Because like one, like he knows that De Niro could have easily killed him. He could have been the one holding De Niro's head dying. And then two, like he realizes that he has like nothing left to chase because he just killed like the only guy who actually understood him. Right. It's great. I think it was a perfect ending to like this crime odyssey. I mean, at the end of the day, the movie is essentially about how De Niro and Pacino are the same people. And that's the thing I love, though, is because yeah. the movie, like during that shootout, they like for like 10 minutes, they don't say a single word. Neither, neither of them say a word. Like, right. And then like they don't have any like monologue, you know, like De Niro being like, you know, me and you are just the same as yeah. they're like taking fires, you know, fire shots. Like, no, none of that. It's all subtext. Great. Well, what does uh, what does Crazy Jack say in The Departed? You know, where he's like, when you're staring down the barrel of a gun, what's the difference if you're yeah. a cop or a criminal? You know, it's like, oh, well, that's a good point, especially when you're both shooting into crowds of people. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, the, like nowadays, cops and criminals, uh, they blur the lines frequently. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, oh my god! Exclusively in the murder department too. That's what's yeah. so funny about mm-hmm. it. Like, mm. there's no corruption anymore. They're just killing people. Right. Yeah. I mean, the corruption's there, but, you know. It's all good. But uh, not it's really. too political. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all good. It's really not. No, it's not. All right. Check in some trivia. Do yeah. it. Yeah. All right. For the hardcore fans, I'm sorry if you heard this before, but I'm sure uh, Tim and John haven't. So this movie was inspired by a real encounter with a friend of Michael Mann's. So um, back in 1963, his friend who was a detective in Chicago had coffee with a bank robber who was named uh, Neil McNaught with a... His name was Neil McCauley, same name. Oh, okay. And they're, you know, they're keeping tabs on each other. And then the following year, the detective caught his crew mid-robbery where uh, McCauley was shot and killed. Really? Yeah. Huh. Holy shit. It's it's like loosely based off a true story. That's crazy, dude. (laughs) It's funny too. Like, I just can't imagine. There's so many things like a bank robbery. I can barely imagine a bank robbery happening happening anymore these days, you know, with like silent alarms and all this shit. Somebody in LA tried to reenact this movie. You guys ever seen that video on YouTube? No. Yeah, they were wearing like full armor suits and shit. Yeah. In downtown oh, you mean LA. The bank robbery? Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. yeah like, what you're talking about. You know, they like yeah. They they watched Heat and then they tried to do it. <laughs> really? They the yeah. Heat was the impetus for that. Yeah. Hilarious. It's, it's, it's been for a lot of robberies. Do I you, think. Do you see why I'm distrustful of this film? <laughs> it's too real. <laughs> It's radicalizing the youths. But I mean, it's just the subtle stuff in this, you know, like, Hey, if you want to go kill somebody, you know, make sure that they don't have the, uh, the easy way out of the, you know, the, out of the diner, like, you know, size more changes seats so that, you know, Wangro couldn't run out. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see for trivia too. Um, this is one of the reasons why I love, I love Michael Mann so much and why this movie rules. They filmed the entire movie on location, meaning they no. never used a single set. That's great, huh. dude. In a majority of the scenes were um, were in locations that had never been used in a movie. This man purposely did it that way. Yeah, in L.A. for sure. Yeah. Huh. It's a big enough city. God damn. Yep. Yeah, you could hide some shit. It's that Chris Nolan stuff, though. Like, he took the same thing. You know, for all the Batman movies. Like, don't use a set. Let's just use a city instead. Yeah. Urban generic is what they call it. Mm. They were almost not allowed to film at LAX due to uh, the Unabomber. <laughs> he had just, like, he had recently had a threat <laughs> at LAX. Really? Yeah, back in 94. 
could you imagine that the producers showing up to the uh, airport executives and having the FDA or you know whatever TSA sitting there? I guess TSA wasn't around. Anyways, so um, you guys okay <laughs> if we shoot a scene with scene with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro running around on the tarmac shooting at each other? <laughs> Is it too soon? Okay, that's too soon. We'll come back next week. Okay, thanks. Did you guys find all the bombs yet? Yeah, <laughs> nothing's ticking anymore, right? Okay. <laughs> Um, for Val Kilmer, the original choice was Keanu. Would have been better. Mm. Reeves. Yep. Huh. Would have so been this good. Is the pick, only I mean. time. Yeah, it worked. It's the only time I've, I think I'd ever prefer Val in anything. I've written him off, but he was good in this, especially the hissy fit. Oh, that hissy fit was so good. Val Kilmer's a great actor. Movie. It's just what he wants to be. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, like you know, I feel like they watched Tombstone and they're like, oh, he can easily play the you know the second-hand man, you know, like the Robin to De Niro's Batman in this. Listen, I, all I'm going to say is that Val Kilmer is fantastic. I'm going to go Keanu above Val in, in, any, in anything. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. John Voight's character was based off of um, a criminal who actually, he played Mr. Blue in Reservoir Dogs. You know, the oh, old oh, guy. Oh, yeah, the yeah, big yeah. guy, yeah. That kind of looks like John Voight in that movie. Yeah, definitely. With the hair and the mustache. Yeah. Um, so he was a, like a lifelong criminal that kind of did the stuff that John Voight did. You know, like oh, he was really? kind of like the intel guy. Like set yeah. up jobs. So he was also an advisor for all the for a lot of Michael Mann movies. So they based him off of. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Huh. And I was going to go into this earlier, but I'm going to just say it now because I just did the research on it. So like another reason why I just I love Michael Mann. So he created the TV show Miami Vice. Like he did everything. Like the whole aesthetic. He made all the music choices. He did the fashion. Like huh. he is the reason for like that neon South Beach eighties pop culture. It's like all him. Really? Yeah. I mean to the oh, point shit. that the Miami Vice soundtrack hit number one on the billboards in nineteen eighty five and nineteen eighty six. The top al- the top uh soundtrack. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's pretty fucking cool. Mr. Man. Hmm. Trendsetter. Yep. Just loves hanging out with criminals and cops. (laughs) Okay. Box office game, guys. How much does this movie cost? How much did it make? John, go. Uh, 60 million and it made a quarter of a billion. To me. I'm going to say it cost 90 million and it made uh, (laughs) 259,059,000,000. million. Fuck you, you fucking bastard. So, so John was on it for the cost. It did cost $60 million. Wow. Hey! Ding, ding. It made 187 Fuck. Boo. Yep. Huh. Movie opened up on the weekend of December 15th, 1995. So it's coming up. Opened up at the number three spot. So do you guys know who was number one that week? So this was 95. 95. All the way. We so okay well that that kind of works with the hint but it was not jingle all the way so we've done this episode or we've done this movie as well. The Sound of Music, Die Hard, nineteen ninety five guys. Oh yeah, well nineteen ninety five was also Die Hard. Nope. Uh yeah, fuck guys, guys, not that either. Um, no idea. Jumanji. Fuck. Oh. What year is it? Ninety. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was Jumanji, Toy Story, and then Heat. Wow, that is tough to beat. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. The only the reason they time. lost is because of the kids. Yep. All right, let's get Fucking into questions. Nice. Who's your favorite and least favorite? Uh, I'm gonna say my favorite is Bubba. 
thought that <laughs> that scene really won me over where he was talking to Ashley Judd. And yep. my least favorite is Van Zant. Mm. My favorite is going to be Robert De Niro. And my least favorite is going to be Al Pacino, surprisingly enough. Oh, boy. Yeah. And it's mainly just because it's so fucking over the top. I did very much enjoy his performance. Love but it's it. just like sometimes I'm like, dude. Like someone's got to check you in after this movie, dude. Like, oh my god! I don't know. If, Just so bad. I don't know if anyone would have been able to sit through a three-hour movie if Pacino wasn't acting like that. No, yeah, I, agree. I don't know. I, I'm not saying I know how it would have worked any yeah. other way, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, there we go. That's who I got. Okay, so I mean, I, I think that Pacino and Tom Sizemore, I think they all they both steal like every scene that they're in, but uh. For this rewatch, I'm going to say John Voight. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed him in this. Like, he looked uh, legitimately sad when he said bye to De Niro on the phone. <laughs> like, I don't think he was phoning it in. I think he's like, this might be the last time I ever do a good movie or ever act with a good actor. Right. <laughs> I love okay, this so you'll much. you get to make out with J-Lo forcibly in a couple oh, years from now. We'll be fine. <laughs> and um, my least favorite is uh, going to be... I. It's got to be any woman in this movie, I guess. Yeah. I think Michael Manchin named this movie No Girls Allowed. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's, it's, I mean, it's true, though. It's like if, if Treo didn't have that girl, he wouldn't have had to betray his crew. De Niro and Val Kilmer, like he wouldn't, like De Niro wouldn't have had to been like Val Kilmer's handler just to like make sure that he's got his head on straight because he's like right. worried about his wife. Right. And then, um, you know, De Niro, he would have, he would have just left town. He wouldn't have anything, you know, to, think about anybody else and then um you know for pacino he would have been able to get you know use 100 percent instead of 97 towards cops all right, right time for the whole my popcorn rating <laughs> fuck you guys <laughs> no it's fine i'm just not going near the third rail of marriages right now at all. <laughs> speaking of rails i give this three rails of blow that al pacino and bill clinton shared on the red carpet night during this opening <laughs> uh my rating is uh, three justines <laughs> over four great asses. <laughs> one of those just cheeks. Yeah, one of the justines didn't have a good ass. Yeah, <laughs> she's got a flat ass. <laughs> I want to hear him scream breakfast food for some reason, and I don't know why. Like pancakes. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> over easy. <laughs> See? Eggs! Scrambled. Scr- scrambled. <laughs> I'll, Toast! <laughs> I'll give this uh, 1,000 bank robbery knockoffs, both in real life and in film, based off of this movie, out of um, one Edie still stuck in that car, <laughs> waiting on De Niro. <laughs> oh, 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 that's bad. So I'm surprised that the, I mean, I know that like, you know, politicians always go after video games and music and occasionally movies, but like, why has no one spoken about like, Hey, um, there's this movie that's like, you know, it's kind of inspired like a hundred bank heists and like thousands of people have died. Um, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like the Marines use this as influence <laughs> to get, <laughs> there you go. Us to get more that's recruits. The shut the fuck up. <laughs> DOD has sway here, boys. We can't do anything. <laughs> How else are we going to be able to manipulate these 18-year-old high school kids into signing up for four years in the military? They don't see Val Kilmer unloading at the cops. Yeah. (laughs) All right, John, any social media shout-outs? 
so I don't have any jelly this week, but I do have to say that we are going to be deciding on the winner of the Tim Tummyweight Challenge. Eventually. Eventually. More like, af- more like after we jump off here. I'm actually just going to go ahead and unilaterally give it. Oh, hold on. John, we got, we got one more. My buddy Isaac. What? My buddy Isaac on Facebook. Um, he sent in one. Oh, so that means okay. It's still going. All right, what is it? So his, all right, his, Tim, his estimate was 1,315 McDoubles or 263 pounds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you don't know what, Isaac? Holy you can shit. go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> However, so, I do like your units. Giving <laughs> <laughs> lots of McDoubles. Well, uh, the other was like 247 pounds. I forget what um, your all-alone podcast was saying. So we're going to have to compare, see who got closest. I say we just keep the guessing game going. We just want to keep it going? Say we keep all it right, going. we're getting one more cycle. Once again, we will take McDoubles. We will take stones. We will take kilos, pounds, ounces, grams, if you really want to make the numbers look embarrassing. Send them all over to TD Back Row. I already fucked it up. Doesn't matter. <laughs> We're moving on. Everyone else is always say hello and like our shit on Twitter at HM Popcorn Pod and always the Insta Grills at Hold My Popcorn underscore podcast. Whammy. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we head out? I don't think so. Um, how much do you weigh, Tim? We're, we're well, I'm not gonna. Two hundred sixty-three. Holy shit! <laughs> Fuck you, Isaac. <laughs> oh well, with that, deuces, fuckers. Yep, they'll do it for a month of movies we're thankful for that started in November and it ended in December, just like our Halloween month. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, you know, give us a little five-star rating. Tell your friends about us, and um, we'll be back next week to kick off our Christmas movie month. <laughs> <laughs>